When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Stu. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well. Thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go eight and four this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second biggest college football-related shit show. The first, of course, being the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. I'm back with Kiernan, as always. Kiernan, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. It, it was rivalry week. Now it's conference championship week. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's fair. I, part of me is a little envious of you because you can just chill this week. You can just be relaxed. Oh, dude, I know. I know. Like, it's... Ohio State's not playing for the Big Ten Championship. So some people might be all in on Iowa, which we sort of are. That's going to be funny. Yeah. But I feel like as a Big Ten fan, you're probably just happy Ohio State's not in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually 100% correct. I mean, obviously, it sucks that we aren't. um, I I mean, despite the fact that we haven't been uh, since 2016. But I... I prefer Michigan to be in to Ohio State. That's fair. Uh, I wish Penn State was in it. I wish through some tiebreakers, we were having an Iowa-Penn State Big Ten Championship. Oh, my God. The the fucking chaos that would ensue in that game. It would be some of the hardest-hitting defense I think we'd probably seen all year. Yeah, except hard hitting's illegal now. Oh well, okay. Uh, gently tapping them down into the ground. Yeah, you know, just a little two hand touch action. Yeah. But Let since we're already talking play. about it, <laughs> since we're already talking about it, we'll talk about it. Uh, Iowa this weekend has the chance to do the funniest fucking thing we have seen all season. Yeah. What do you give them? Like, what do you think their chances are of actually pulling this one off? I think it's higher this year than any other year. And that's partially due to Cade McNamara being the quarterback. And I think it's going to be so funny if 
if by like the Iowa defense is a stout defense, like it, it it's good all of the time. Um, and I just think that this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back as it were for Michigan, not because that they couldn't win this game any, at any other point of the year, they could win this game handily. I, 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 that would be a ridiculous statement to make, but given the necessity for them to win this week, just to put a firm stamp on a number two spot, or at least a, a playoff spot, it would be the funniest fucking thing for Iowa to win. Yes, I, I really like their chance. Actually, everyone's kind of treating it as a joke. Like, oh, mm. the over under for Iowa is set at point five for the first half. Mm-hmm. Oh, Iowa can score maybe three points. Is that enough to win the game? I genuinely think it might be. Yes. Not three points. Right, right, right. I anticipate the defense putting up some points, but mm-hmm. that Iowa defense is phenomenal. You have Cade McNamara referring to Michigan as that other team and being a mini Connor Stallions giving Iowa all the information he has legally. I'm not saying that should be against the rules. And also... AJ McCarthy has sucked against the Blitz ever since Connor Stallions was shown the door. <laughs> it's true. And again, I'm not saying uh, definitively that Michigan cheated. Connor Stallions was just a super fan. Like that that's what it comes down to. They fired him for being too much of a fan. Mm-hmm. But he did something there. He was a positive influence on JJ McCarthy picking up blitzes. Yeah. Without that. I genuinely like Iowa's chances this week. Yeah. I, I mean, you said it more than anything. I think it's it's either interceptions, uh, with probably less so because Iowa doesn't have necessarily the best secondary, but at least the uh, front four and the linebackers can certainly do some damage on strip sacks and hitting, uh, hitting McCarthy a ton just to get in his head. Like, if I was if I was the defensive coordinator, I'd call first four plays. Doesn't even matter what happens behind you. First four plays are blitzes. Just get in his head early and often. And I think yeah. I think that'll that'll throw him off. I would go the first two or three plays. Because if Michigan scores a touchdown, there's a chance that's the game. <laughs> that's okay. the yes. game winning <laughs> drive. So All right. you know, fair, first, enough. fair enough. First two. All out blitzes. Yes. Third, line up again like you're gonna blitz, stunt blitz, drop back in coverage. Rattle them. Make them see ghosts out there like Sammy D for the Jets. Yeah, absolutely. But you and you mentioned Iowa secondary. They're not great. They're good. They're a solid yeah, yeah. college football secondary. And you hear a lot about coverage sacks. The quarterback has nowhere to go. So the defense eventually gets home and sacks. I think we're gonna see a pressure interceptions jj is going to be rattled he's going to have guys in his face he's going to make some dumb throws that yeah it might not be the best secondary in the world but when a guy's just chucking it up there because he's terrified to get hit look at mac jones this year for the patriots i mean he's terrified to get hit every week he's just throwing balls haphazardly all over the place doesn't matter how good or bad a secondary is that's going to lead to turnover-worthy plays that I think Iowa can capitalize on. Absolutely. So I'm excited. 
I want Iowa to do the impossible, not just because it's going to help Alabama get into the college football playoffs. And and actually, speaking on that, let's not forget Oregon and Alabama both have the opportunity to do the funniest thing this week because they are both in the conference championships respectively. And, you know, if they all, if the front two, three, four, I think, because just who's Florida state playing? I don't remember, but uh, Louisville, Louisville. So yeah. So literally legitimately all four teams can lose and we will have a brand new first four. It's possible. It's ridiculous, but it's possible. It's possible. Uh, I don't think it's highly possible, but I think it, I don't think it's probable, but it's definitely possible. Uh, let's just jump into these rankings though. So I can bitch about stuff. Uh, nobody dropped out of the rankings. So nobody moved into the rankings this week. That's the first time that's happened this season. Uh, first up, you have Kansas state dropping from 19 to 25 Liberty moving up from 25 to 24. Clemson moving from 24 to 23, Tulane from 23 to 22, and Tennessee staying put at 21. Kiernan, what are your thoughts there? Um, No real thoughts. Uh, I think it's weird to see a bunch of 11 and 1s and 12 and 0s mixed in with 8 and 4s, but I mean, what does it matter nowadays? The, it's so weird. The committee's just so fucked that I, I can't even put my head straight that that's true uh i would like to give my most heartfelt thank you to Dabo sweeney mm -hmm. in the clemson tigers never thought i'd do this but they did america a service they did they, they did. went out there and they're like there's been an injustice mm -hmm. forced upon us we need to do whatever we can to rectify this and do what the ncaa doesn't want us to do they're scared of what we might unleash, but we need to do it for the common good. By beating South Carolina this weekend, they officially made James Madison a bowl-eligible team because there were not enough six-win teams in the country. Thank well you, Dabo. Well done. I and never thought I'd say that. I I, I could, can't either, but I think it's, it's equally as funny and maybe even funnier given the fact that now the NCAA looks even dumber for having denied it in the first place, because if they had just said, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll sign the waiver and you'll, you'll be through, this wouldn't be an issue, right? We wouldn't even be talking about this. We wouldn't care. But of all teams, Clemson had to be the one to go out and do it. You couldn't write a better bullshit script than this and they they the, the ncaa look completely and utterly daft yeah i it's so it was so stupid from the beginning uh obviously we were a bit theatrical on clemson's role in this they were just trying to win a game but in the words of rasheed wallace ball don't lie <laughs> and James Madison is phenomenal this year. Yeah, they had that one loss against App State, but they deserve to go bowling. And ball don't lie, they're going bowling, goddammit. Good on them. Love it. Uh, next up, Oregon State dropping from 16 to 20. NC State moving up from 22 to 19. OK State going from 20 to 18. Notre Dame 
from 18 to 17 and Iowa from 17 to 16. Uh, no real thoughts there. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, given that nobody's in or out, it's kind of, you know, moving up yeah, one, two spots. It's, it's fairly standard. Yeah. And I think now this late in the season, like 16 down, we're like, well, they're not going to do anything. So it yeah. doesn't really matter too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving on. Oh, you got thoughts? Oh, uh, well, I mean, 16 down only because Iowa is playing Michigan. Because, like, they have the offer. Like, they're not going to make it into the playoffs, but they have the opportunity to do something real funny. So, I, yeah. That's true. But I know what you mean. That's, I know what you mean. That's I know true. What you mean. Yeah, I'm more interested in making the playoffs, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. very true. They they have the chance to do the funniest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Arizona. Stan put it 15. Louisville moving down from 10 to 14. Also has a chance to do the funniest fucking thing ever. Uh, LSU and Heisman hopeful Jane Daniels up from 14 to 13. Oklahoma up from 13 to 12. Mississippi up from 12 to 11. And Penn State up from 11 to 10. I I have thoughts. I have some strong thoughts on this. But we'll get to that once we're done. We'll go through the rankings and then... Because I think my thoughts on this are indicative of a larger issue with the college football mm-hmm. playoff selection committee across the board. Uh, I, I have a bone to pick um, because they have guaranteed us a loss in the bowl game. Like we're going to get a new year six or what I think we're going to get one of the new year six games and we're going to lose because we're ranked 10th and I'm furious because we beat, a Michigan state team who are God awful 42 to nothing. And that shouldn't be good enough for one spot up. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's, it's not good enough for one spot up, put Mississippi up there, put Oklahoma up there. Fuck it. Put LSU before Penn state, but keep Penn state at 11 and just leave us the fuck alone. We get close enough each season where we don't need to deal with a new year six bowl loss again. That's true. But Karen, also think of it this way. Uh, they, the committee doesn't know what they're doing. Yes. They might just drop Penn state one after conference champions. That's a great point. They might like if Iowa wins, they might move Iowa up like four spots or something and then just move Penn state down one for no fucking reason. Yes. Please make it happen. Uh, so yeah. So you have that going for you. (laughs) It's, It's not a lot of consolation, is it? No, well, I, Karen, there's three certainties in life. <laughs> Death, taxes, and the CFP committee doing something fucking stupid for no reason. Besides Bo Nix's completion percentage. <laughs> That's what they'll use to justify it. Like, oh, like Penn State didn't play. Nobody above them really dropped out. Like, nobody below them moved up. Like, why are they dropping? God, did you see Bo Nix completing 78% of his passes? <laughs> Like, yeah, we're talking about, God, that Oregon team, they're so good. We're talking about Penn State. What? Oh, yeah. Bo Nix, man. <laughs> like, that's, that's how the conversation will go. Uh, next up, you got Mizzou for the third consecutive week at nine. You have Alabama at eight again. Texas at seven. Ohio State moving from two to six after their loss in the game. And Oregon moving up from six to five. I, Karen, do you have thoughts? 
Or do you just want uh, to go to the four and then get to our thoughts on this as a whole? Go to the four and get to our thoughts. We'll do it that way. All right. Florida State back up to four from five. Washington up from four to three. Michigan up from three to two. And Georgia staying at one. The only intelligent decision yeah. like that I've seen in this whole fucking thing. Georgia at one makes sense. Ohio State at one for the first two rankings. No fucking sense. And the committee has an issue that they can't decide if they want to explain every pick in detail or pick and choose why they're doing things or not say anything. Sorry. So they're picking and choosing what they say, which makes them look fucking stupid. Oh, why is Alabama ahead of Texas? Oh, or why is Texas ahead of Alabama? Oh, because head-to-head's really, really important to us. We think that's a very important metric to use because we've seen these two teams play, so we know who's the better team. Fair. Why was Oklahoma below Texas when they both had one loss? Well, did you see Bo Nix's completion percentage? D- boo, we're not talking about that. And then also, I keep making that joke. Well, why is Oregon at five? Like, why are they above Texas? Why are they above Ohio State? Why are they above Alabama? He literally said because Bo Nix is completing 78% of his passes. I thought you were making that up. No. It, no that's, he mentioned that Bo is Nix's legit, completion percentage. That's not a reason. That's not a reason to keep them anywhere. No. Now, if you wanted to talk about how good Bo Nix has been this year, sure. His completion percentage is a weird sticking point. It is. And it's. And they they can't decide what's more important or what matters. Like, if they were consistent across the board, I'd be like, okay, fine. I'm pissed Alabama's at eight, but it makes sense. Texas should not be below Oregon. I don't think Alabama should be below Oregon. I would understand if they're below Texas. I think weighing a week two matchup that heavily, eh, I don't love it. Teams progress throughout the year, but okay. Texas beat Alabama. That's fine. Oregon has played fucking nobody except Washington, the team they lost to. And it's it's absurd. I've seen Texas fans complaining about this, and I 100% agree with them. Texas should feel slighted, insulted. They should be fucking pissed about these rankings, and they are. It's It's ridiculous that Oregon should get a pass for because Bo Nix is throwing the ball accurately for the first time in his fucking life. It's we need to bring back the fucking computers. Yes. I would much prefer if we just took the BCS computer and changed a variable in there. So instead of spitting out the two best teams, it just spit out the four best teams. That would be better. It can take it, it. It removes the subjectivity of it all. It also removes the bias, which goes into subjectiveness. I'm not disagreeing with you, mm-hmm. but there, you're having these athletic directors voting on this shit. Why? What in what universe are they not going to be biased and pick against someone or for someone that they like or they don't like? There needs to be. They need to spread out the voting. I don't like getting the media involved. I think they make some dumb fucking decisions. But, you know, give media members a vote. Give coaches a vote. 
just aggregate the three polls, the coaches, the AP, and the CFP. And then also for a fourth one, put in the fucking BCS computer. Not a bad idea. Because that way, the committee's dumbass decisions are watered down. An individual media member's dumbass decisions are watered down. Mm -hmm. Some coaches also biased as their decisions watered down. And then the BCS computer is going to be the most objective decision maker there. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, yes, I, I agree with all of that. And then eventually when it comes to realization that there are teams up there that don't deserve it because there are biases in the media and the AD's poll, it'll just go back to the BCS computer and just spit out the top four names. And then when it comes to a 12-team playoff, spit out the top 12 teams, and then you'll be good. And we'll go back to how it was. Yeah, it's... I Part of me understands why they went away from the BCS. It's because Alabama started winning too much, so they're like, well, this is unfair. We need more teams. And now they're doing that, and then, well, this is unfair. Alabama and Georgia are winning too much, and now we need 12 teams. It... They're dumb fucking reasons, but it's better than this. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want to see Oregon potentially run through the meat grinder that is the Georgia Bulldogs football team. Like, that game will have Bo Nix regretting every single life <laughs> choice that brought him to this moment. I was going to say, he'd be better off sticking at Auburn. <laughs> Yeah, because at least then nobody would care when or Georgia throttled you by 40. And then Florida State without Jordan Travis. Look, I fully understand that losing a quarterback can suck, and that shouldn't you shouldn't punish the rest of the team because their quarterback got injured. But at the same time, he was the starter because he was the best option. If he goes down, your backup is, by default, a worse option at the position, and your team has fundamentally changed. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying they should have dropped far, because they're still winning games. But they will also get throttled by Michigan and or Georgia. I'd even and wager even Washington. <laughs> potentially. Yeah. And... It's coming up again, the conversation that I, or yeah, the conversation about most deserving versus, versus best, which I reference at least once a week, once rankings start coming out. And Kirk Herbstreit is also saying, you're picking the best teams, not the most deserving teams. Is Florida State one of the more deserving teams in the country? Yeah, probably. They're running through everyone. Their quarterback goes down. They're still winning. They're not one of the best teams. No. Oregon. Running through everybody. Their one loss is against a top three opponent. They're not one of the four best fucking teams. They haven't played anyone else. Yeah, their one loss is against the number three team in the country. None of their wins are against any of the other top 25. Yeah. And and I actually, th th this is a great kind of small segue in, into future seasons when Oregon and UCLA and USC and all those guys move over to the Big Ten because now they're going to have to be playing the likes of Penn State, the likes of Iowa, the likes of Michigan, the likes of Ohio State, who are all 
routinely in the top 25, maybe not Iowa all the time, but a majority of the time they're, they're there. And I'm just thinking like, okay, if you were 11 and one, it, you know, playing those guys, I'd be like, all right, you're, you're probably one of the best teams in the country. Right. I mean, objectively you're top four, but like you're playing scrubs is what you're doing. And now you have your conference game against the only other team that's ranked higher than you. Yeah, no, it's, it's absurd. I fucking hate it. I'm so excited when we see Oregon have to go to fucking Happy Valley in a snowstorm. Or play in the shoe again in a snowstorm. Or in Ann Arbor or, on a frozen snowstorm. Yeah. Or Iowa City and have to go up against the fucking power eye in a snowstorm. Yeah. People will quit football. <laughs> They'll go, I went to Oregon. It's not as nice as Southern Cal or anything, but it's pretty up here. I like it. The weather's not too bad. I'm sorry. What's the weather going to be like when we're going to Iowa? Oh, five with a wind chill of negative three. And they're running a power eye in that defense. Coach, I appreciate the opportunity. I am hitting the portal. (laughs) And it's, it's ridiculous. I... I hate this whole fucking system now. I loved it when Alabama got the benefit of the doubt, but no, I, <laughs> I also thought I also thought it was fucking stupid then. I'm not that much of a homer. It was it's so bad. It, it because people have their own fucking agendas to push and they're all fucking stupid. I think we should just have Congress pick the four teams, just because that'd be hilarious. I would be pretty funny. I don't know how it would shake out, but. uh, Actually, not Congress, because the House of Representatives, it would always just be California schools and Texas schools. That's yeah. it. Although, this year, that might make sense for Texas, because they should be in the, they should be at least number five. Does that hurt you to say that? Um, a little bit, but not really, because I'm I've already said I'm on record saying Alabama being below Texas makes sense. I don't like it. I think it's not great, but I can understand the logic. That's my other thing. If I could, if they were consistent in their messaging and I could follow the thought process, I'd be more okay with it. Even if you thought they were dumb. Yeah, but they're inconsistent they make no sense and it's dumb on top of that so also boo is a dumb fucking name okay like why why did we decide the person who's going to be making these decisions the chairman of the cfp selection committee why why do we think someone with who goes by boo would be a good choice this isn't fucking Monsters, Inc., guys. <laughs> My uh, God. Also, his name's Eugene, which objectively I think is kind of worse. But why would you go by Boo? Yeah. I don't even know the correlation. Like, how do you get from Eugene to Boo? Like, what nickname had to prescribe have to be prescribed to you to get Boo? I don't know. He knew whenever he made a fucking appearance at a stadium, everyone would boo him. So oh. he made this change, like, last year. It was like, oh, they're chanting my name. No, dude, you just fucking suck at your job. 
And also, Frey was saying, well, Kevin, he's not, that's not his job job. Like, he's the director of athletics for NC State. Okay, what are they good at? Can someone tell me what sport NC State is good at? Not okay. Because, like, football, I'd say they're okay. Like, objectively good at that sport. Baseball? Are they? I don't know. I feel like I've seen them a bunch in baseball. I feel like they're good at basketball every couple of years. Yeah. Uh, they appeared in the College World Series two years ago. It's not bad. Baseball. No, not bad. I, I'd say that's good. Let's see what their record was last year. We're going way off topic, but I don't care. 36 and 21. Not... Terrible. Yeah, but not stellar but either. I wouldn't say that's good. Again, I'd say that's service. That's passable. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, how are they doing basketball last year? 23 and 11. Again, like, not bad. 12 and 8 in conference. Not bad, but not really good. So, yeah, he's terrible at his job. He's an idiot. I hate the entire committee. Moving swiftly along. (laughs) Yeah, let's just... Let's talk about Bobby Petrino. Uh, For those who did not see, the former Texas A&M coordinator, the disgraced Arkansas head coach, is now Arkansas's new offensive coordinator. For those who do not know how he left Arkansas last, he was hooking up with someone on the volleyball team, got caught because he was riding a motorcycle with her on the back and crashed it, and then that started the whole thing. That's where the picture of him and the neck brace comes from, that press conference. Karen, is this a genius move or a terrible move? Uh, I still think it's way too early to tell, but, I mean, the publicity of it is bad because you fired a guy who was having an affair, crashed a motorcycle with another employee who he had influenced other people to get hired for the football program, and now you're hiring him back 10 years later? Like, I know a lot can change in 10 years, and he can turn himself to the Lord, and he can say that all he wants, but, I mean, I'm actually not quoting that. That's just me bullshitting. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's like is this a pointless endeavor that's going to inevitably blow up in their faces or is this, do they legitimately believe that they can go far with Bobby? So don't know. I would say it's Sam Pittman trying to save his job. Uh, The same way that Jimbo Fisher tried to save his job by hiring Bobby Petrino. That worked out great for him. I mean, it's not even joking. That did work out wonderfully for him. He got so much money. That is true. But no, I I think it's Sam Pittman realizing that if he doesn't start doing okay again, he's going to be out of a job, and he doesn't have a $76 million buyout to fall back on. Good point. That's a very good point. And KJ Jefferson announced today he's entering the transfer portal, so they're out of a quarterback. A pretty good quarterback, too, I think. So, yeah. is Paterno, uh, Paterno good at um, 
recruiting. Recruiting. Uh, I mean, he was pretty good. He went eleven and two in his last seat or his last season before the motorcycle incident. And then, so I would say yes. Yeah, and then eight and four at Kentucky in his one year. Then he went back to Louisville, where he started as a head coach. They did okay. Uh, never mind, they did not do okay. They went two and eight. So no, they're not great. He's not great. He has his moments. Went twelve and one his last season of his first stint with Louisville. Then eleven and two his last season in Arkansas. Eight and four with Western Kentucky. Oh, he had some good years though in Louisville. Round two, nine and four in twenty sixteen. Nine and four twenty fourteen. Eight and five a couple other years. And he was okay at Missouri State. I don't know what you would expect from there. So, so yeah, he's okay. Like I think he'll be fine potentially, but I, I don't know. It's just objectively, it looks bad. Yeah. Inner knows, like you said, maybe he has turned to the Lord. I don't know if he did, but just keep him off motorcycles. You'll be fine. Yeah. But speaking of Texas A&M, did they fuck up their coaching hire? Uh, reports last week came out that Mark Stoops, Kentucky's head coach, was going to come to College Station and Coach the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, apparently their fans did not like that move. And they backed off. And then hired Mike Elko from Duke. I I don't love that. I, I think that's a clear downgrade. And don't get me wrong. Mike Elko is a fine coach. But Mark Stoops made people question if Kentucky was still a basketball school. <laughs> like... That's something nobody's brought up. People were genuinely like, oh, Kentucky, their football program's pretty good now. Nobody has ever thought that about Duke. That's a good point. So, Gideon, what are your thoughts on the higher than non-higher than hiring? I mean, uh, the only thing I can imagine was that he's cheaper. And... That that is the only thing that really matters because all I can think of is, look, I think we need a few. I, this is my thought process of, of the the boosters in the eighties. Like, all right, we we messed up with Jimbo Fisher, so what we should do is we should backtrack a little. Let's rebuild this. Use LK as our stepping stone. And then once we're back up to a respectable level and we've replenished our resources, then we can go out and get a bigger name. And I think that that might be the logic that they're they're using. Maybe, but I don't know. I feel like with so with Mike Elko, that has to be the plan. But with Mark Stoops, you have the potential to have that be the plan still or skip a step. You could skip the, we're going to get respectable and then hire someone new. 
Mm, I see your point. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And Kentucky 2023 had the 30th overall class. Duke had the 68th for 2023. So Mark Stoops is a better recruiter. I don't know how much he makes. Let's look that up. Compare. So Stoops makes $9 million. He made $9 million in 2023. And let's look up Mike. Or Mike Elko's a $7 million. Yeah, so, so it's not that big of a difference, actually. No, it's $2 million. Why was... So they pick... Okay, nope, sorry. That's what Texas A&M is giving Elka. That's not what he was getting at Duke. So, mm. it objectively, it might have made a bit more. Might have been a bit more to get Elko, or Stoops, excuse me, to Texas A&M. But I don't know. Bump him up a million? Two million? And don't give him, like, a 10-year contract. Yes. Be like, hey, Mark... We'll give you $11 million a year for four years, and we'll see how it goes. And it's, I don't know. I think schools eventually are going to start putting stipulations in their contract. Like, hey, if you're not bowl eligible 75% of years, or hey, you lose more than X amount of games over three years, we're going to fire you, but we're not going to pay you a buyout. That's, I, because schools aren't going to stop giving massive contracts out. Yeah. Because somebody will. So you got to compete with that. So I think, I don't know, I don't like the move. I think Stoops would be a lot better of a pick. Why did the fans not like Stoops? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really make I any just sense. saw, like, Elko was their offensive coordinator. At one point, so I can kind of see why they'd want him, but it's just I'm reading right now. Yeah, he was already telling people he was leaving. <laughs> Stoops or Elko? Uh Stoops. He was telling friends, family members, boosters, like, hey, I'm going to Texas AM <laughs> at 102 AM. Uh, Stoops said, I know in my heart I couldn't leave the University of Kentucky right now. Uh, they're saying that he, they pulled the plug. Uh, the fans apparently did not uh, rule or did not riot. That's what I saw. Oh, the boosters said they wouldn't support the hiring of Stoops. What? That's so dumb. Like, first off, I understand they just paid a lot of money to get rid of Jimbo. But he wasn't going to cost Jimbo money or length. Yeah. It's Mark Stoops. Let's yeah. not forget. He's a fine coach. Uh, he wasn't going to cost you $76 million to fucking fire him. And also, the I understand you have to keep boosters happy. They're not involved in the university. You know what you can tell boosters? Fuck off. Let me know how you feel when we start being a respected program again and our coach is going to call a press conference to bitch and moan about what Nick Saban said. Yeah, and, and actually that that's that brings up another good point. It's like the, the university can fund a, a Stoops-like hire. 
they couldn't with Jimbo because it was so expensive, but they can shell out the Aggies can shell out 9 million or even 11 million. No problem. Yeah. Or not all the boosters probably hated the Stoops hire. And I also understand because you don't really hear about Elko at all. That's why, again, because nobody gives a fuck about Duke basketball. But that Mark Stoops had that whole spat with Coach K, not Coach K, with um, why am I forgetting Kentucky's coaches in Calipari? They had that spat with Calipari. So, yeah, that's not great media attention. But at the same time, it wasn't that bad. They got yeah. over it in a day. Who gives a fuck? I don't know. I boosters have too much power in the world of NILs. But moving on to some draft news. Uh Spencer Rattler is entering the draft. Fine. I don't he's gonna be like a third, fourth round pick, maybe at, at most. Can okay, any thoughts on Rattler going to the NFL draft? Uh, not really. I think, uh, I think he's probably at the pinnacle of his career. I'd say. Um, I don't really think he can do much. Like he can't, like outshine himself, and he certainly can't outshine the quarterback class next year or whatever. And I mean, he's fine. He's perfectly fine. He's probably a safe pair of reliable hands. I suspect he's going to have a very long career making a few million dollars on the bench of some Carolina team. That's what I envision. I think he's going to be extremely successful, extremely well paid and his body won't, and his brain won't have CTE at the end of it. So, I mean, he probably the best, best thing about him. It probably already has CTE. Let's be honest. Okay. That's Uh, fair. If, if he had an attitude adjustment, which he seemed to have mm-hmm. in South Carolina, uh, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think he has physical tools, ability just to be a consistent presence in the NFL. It's not going to do anything, but he's just going to be there. He's going to be like Chase Daniel, except faster. Yeah. Uh, and then we have another player, Caleb Williams, all years been saying he's not sure if he's going to the draft or not. Marvin Harrison Jr. has also said he has not made a decision yet. Are, are you buying this, Kiernan? The Caleb Williams decision? The Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. not going to the draft. The Marvin Harrison Jr. I can understand because I get that he wants to be Michigan. Uh, The Caleb Williams thing, I'm not buying for a second because he, he has had a shit. Well, the USC has had a shit year. And to be perfectly honest, his stock price is currently just going down, frankly. And I think that unless there was some miraculous turnaround next year, it's not going to get any better for him. So I think he should just jump ship now while he has the chance uh, and drop this kind of attitude of like, oh, I'm the best QB in this class or whatever, because you're not. Um and wow. I think, well, okay. All right. He's, he's good. F- Overall, he's, he's not been great, but Marvin Harrison, like he has a goal. Marvin, Har- Marvin Harrison Jr. Is like, I am going to beat Michigan and I'm going to win the big 10 championship. Like that is a very 
attainable goal without Ryan Day at its head. And but I think Caleb Williams needs to jump ship. So that that's my thoughts. I think there is nothing good that can come out of Marvin Harrison Jr. going back to college. Yeah, that's probably true as well. Yeah, you might beat Michigan. You might. Like I don't want to say he definitely will. Let's say week one, he goes out there, mangles his knee. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. He's not the clear-cut number one pick, number one receiver in this draft in the next draft. I, and look, in the world of NIL, yeah, you're going to see more guys stay than go. You're going to see guys who might be a late first want to come back, improve that draft stock. Guys who are maybe undrafted come back. Although, if you're going to be undrafted, just stay for the extra year. Uh, but it, you will see this. You, you're not going to see it from a guy who's the clear-cut number one at his position. He's a top three pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I don't want him to go back because that means the Patriots are definitely taking quarterback, and I will kill myself. Yeah, same. And just to be clear, we're going to get on the NFL real quick. I, I am not saying I want Mac Jones to be our starter in 2024. I want him gone for his own sake and my sake. The yes. Patriots have ruined him. Let's have someone fix him. I don't trust anyone in that fucking building to do it. But the problem is you are going to have the same issue just with a higher drafted quarterback. Yes. This team is not built to win. No. It won't be built to win until our senile coach is gone. Or isn't GM anymore. One of the two, I'll take it. All right, moving on since... This is a college podcast, not not an NFL podcast. Uh, rivalry week. That was fun, Karen. How was playing your big rival, Michigan State? Oh, it was. Uh, it was the least stressed I've been all year. So, frankly, it was fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, I I was more concerned facing Delaware this year than I was Michigan State, and that Jesus. is a massive insult. To, to to Michigan State, and I probably comes off a little bit more harshly than I intend. But our defense under Manny Diaz looks absolutely sensational, and it, it, it's easily the best defense I've seen since I went there. And I don't think that's a ridiculous statement. Other than the Land Grant Trophy, the the game as it's so affectionately called, was fantastic, I think. The Iron Bowl was fantastic. Uh, And frankly, all the other rivalry games this week were fantastic. They were just fun to watch. Like, there wasn't wasn't a game I turned on and went, "Uh, yeah, whatever. Like, I legitimately enjoyed all of them. That's fair. Uh, But also, I joked last week, that this was the little brother bowl. Yeah. Does that make Penn State the middle child? Very much so. Very much so. Overlooked in its accomplishments, but still not as cool as the older brother. That's fair. That's fair. Does that mean we baby Michigan State? Yes. That's that's fair. You got to have kid gloves on when you're dealing with them. Mm-hmm. And also a court order to keep them away from you. <laughs> but that's unrelated. Um, 
yeah, no, I thought rivalry rivalry week was a lot of fun. Uh, Auburn fans need to calm the fuck down. They're posting still images of the offense line. See, that's holding. They robbed us. That's why Alabama won, because they didn't call this one holding call. Or the face mask. Look, are anyone who watched that game? Yes, that was an egregious missed call. Uh, some people were saying he was blocked in the back, so that is what led to the penalty. A penalty can't cause another penalty to have them both called. Whatever. It was egregious. I agree with you 100%. The problem is the officiating was terrible all around. You had Auburn's clapping to get Alabama to snap the ball. You had them picking on the punter. You had one dude shove the punter to the ground and then jump on top of him. Like... It's unnecessary. That's a fucking punter. Yeah. Like, I, I fully believe punters are people too, but it's not <laughs> Pat McAfee. He's not going to truck stick your fucking return, man. He's just going to yeah. try not to get hurt. Yeah. It It's stupid, but... The officiating was terrible, and then Hugh Freeze is complaining, like, oh, we think he pushed off. They were both pushing each other. Like, if you watch a video, the... DB also pushes Bond. So, I don't know. The rest weren't out to fuck you guys over. It just happened to be that they were abysmal refs. Don't get <laughs> yeah. me wrong. I'm not saying they were good. Yeah. Because, like, you're. I'm not saying you're wrong to complain about these calls individually, but they weren't calls targeted at Auburn. These were calls because we had fucking Stevie Wonder officiating a Division One college <laughs> football game. That's all it was. Oh, that's great. I love the animosity that you and Auburn fans have. Well, just Alabama and Auburn fans, not you specifically. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and also, look, Alabama, stop making t-shirts of this game. Like, we don't need that. It's a regular season game. Yeah. Against a 6-1 team. Yeah. I, it, I, I will say, though, it was. I bet it was closer than you would have hoped. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not talking trash about Auburn for the game they played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about the fact that we're making t-shirts over a game we should have won handedly. Now, yeah. I blame fucking Jordan Hare, Jesus, and Voodoo and shit. It was terrible, but it, we don't need a t-shirt for it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. If if it was if it was if this was a game between Georgia and Alabama and Alabama won, okay, yeah, I, I get that you'd make a t-shirt out of that. Maybe. Maybe. If it's an SEC champion or yes. championship or college football playoff yes. game. Yes. yes. I. That's fine. The other thing I don't understand, and maybe this is just me being pessimistic and pissy at not being as good as Ohio State or Michigan, but Michigan fans, do you really, really need to rush the field after you beat Ohio State? Like, I get that it's, like, a big win and it's the game and all that jazz, but, like, really? Really? You couldn't just celebrate in the stands? You fucking pricks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a poverty program. It's a poverty program. It's impoverished. You, We should be sending them a nickel a day. <laughs> it, and that's how you know Michigan will never amount to anything in its current iteration. Why? Because they rushed the field? Yeah. All right, I like it. Winning winning programs don't rush fields. Do you think Georgia rushes the field? No. Have you ever seen Alabama rush the field? Uh, Not in my recent memory. Yeah. 
Because they don't. Because they expect to win. Right. And it's and I and for that matter, I don't think I've seen Ohio State do that either. Again, they expect to win. Yeah. And I, I get that the Michigan fans are caught up in the moment because like they've had easily one of their best seasons. I mean, they've been good the past few years, but this is easily their best one. Um, so I get the hype, but I feel like it's tacky almost. And I don't know, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. We rushed the field. We rushed the fields. We being Penn state rushed the field against um, Ohio state when we beat them in 2016 with that uh, blocked field goal. Uh, but it goes to show because we haven't won jack shit since. So, yeah, look, I'm not saying this to be me, but you are little brother. Yeah, we very much are. So that's why you rush the field. Mm-hmm. Penn State has not been a, they've been competitive. They have not been a winning program. Yeah. In its current iteration since Joe Paterno. Yeah. Couldn't so that's that's why you guys rush the fields. And I want to say to Michigan, hey, you know, guys, you should act like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. Winning programs don't fucking do this. Well, none of their players were alive the last time they won a national championship. They don't know a world where Michigan's a winning program. Mm-hmm. So true. So it's it's sad. It's sad to see a historic program like this fall to these lows. But it's circle life. Yeah, it is. It is. I... To, to follow up on the, the circle of life, uh, I think uh, Lou Holtz officially gets the last laugh uh, on Ryan Day because <laughs> he said after the um, after the game, I uh, forget what he quoted directly, but uh, I'll find it for you here in a second. Was it like three state, straight losses to Michigan? That's a bad look or something? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. And it's just like, yeah. It's oh what a what a long ride home that must be, which is just I mean such a lovely like cherry on top uh, by by Lou Holtz. I think that's hilarious. Also, in what world did Ryan Day when he first did that post game press conference? In what world did he think he would come out looking good? Like in, best in case a world, scenario in a world where he beat Michigan. Oh well, yeah, that's, like best, that's the only one. Best case scenario. He beats Michigan and he had beef with fucking Porky Pig. <laughs> like, worst case scenario, this. Yeah. He's having a like a 90-something year old, I think, 80-something year old, former stroke victim, live rent-free in his head while Lou Holtz is just over there enjoying retirement. Yeah. Like, he's got nothing else to do. So, yeah, he can talk all the shit he wants. Ryan, you have to prepare for these games. Like you, yeah. you shouldn't just be yelling about Lou Holtz. And it, you're right. And it does bring up a, a, a another point that we're definitely going to get onto later as the bowl games come around. But the coaching carousel has started, and frankly, I think this might be it for Ryan Day because he he's shown he cannot beat Michigan. And I don't know if Ohio State's willing to give him another year or not. Yeah. Yeah, I think Texas A&M might have made a mistake by hiring yeah. someone. And I understand with recruiting, you want to get someone in quick. Mm-hmm. 
it might have been worth it to wait for Ryan Day because I don't think he's a bad coach. No. But he can't beat your biggest rival. Right. Like, that's a problem. And it it does not matter what you do the rest of the year. If you don't win that game, it hurts your chance to make the college football playoffs. And you're no one's going to care if you miss out in the Big Ten championship and didn't make the playoffs because you lost to Michigan. Nobody's going to give a shit about the season. That's a failed season. Right. And it's and it's weird to say that like that one game is is that consequential. But like if if you know they have eleven wins, right? They have a single loss against the next best team in their conference and in the Big Ten specifically, uh, as a whole, you know, East and West and all that jazz. But uh, like they haven't beaten them in three years ever since Urban Meyer left. And the it's one of those things, it's like if if you can't beat your biggest rival and then that coach gets fired, who do you replace him with? And now have you just created a power vacuum that Michigan is going to fill in its entirety? Because even if you do fire him and you, you know, and you still can't, and you fi- bring someone in that's, that's, you know, really good, however good you want to say, but you still can't beat Michigan. It's just, it's going to exacerbate the issue of Michigan getting the best recruits year in and year out and winning like Urban Meyer did back in the 2010s. So, you know, it's, yep. it's a, it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I don't, I'm not a fan of, Oh, just wait till he's gone. Cause I think that's a loser mentality. I think mm-hmm. you should be trying to beat them. It shouldn't matter who's their coach, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, Harbaugh's going to the NFL. He's going back to the NFL at some point. That is true, yeah. So it might be worth it just to wait. Try to win, and then if you don't go, I don't think that's something Ohio State fans will buy. I don't think it's something they should, but that might be what we're looking at currently. If they fire Day, they're they're fucked. If the, if they fire Day and then a week later the NCAA, the NCAA comes out and says, oh, we're banning... Jim Harbaugh from coaching in college for the next five, 10 years, it would pandemonium would ensue. If you were Ryan day and that happened, how much money would it take for you to come back to Ohio state? Oh, 76 million at least. Yeah. I, I was going to say a Jimbo contract. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He makes 9.96 million a year. Let's see how much. Nick Saban makes, or it might be Kirby now. No, Nick Saban makes 11.4. So if they fired me, Harbaugh left, they're like, hey, can you come back? I would start negotiations at 12. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that's our show. Uh, It went better than a college football playoff ranking selection. (laughs) So we have that going for us. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Yeats. As always, head over to yeatsofficial.com, promo code TAILGATE for 10% off your order. Uh, I love these sunglasses. Uh, my car's been in the shop. I thought it would be a couple days. We're going on three weeks. I left my sunglasses in my car, so I've been sunglassless for the past three weeks. It is brutal. Don't be a big, dumb idiot like me. Head over to yeatsofficial.com, promo code TAILGATE for 10% off your order. Get yourself some sunglasses. Get your wife girlfriend hopefully you don't have one of each <laughs> your parents your kids your sister whatever get them some yeats 
They're great sunglasses, and I love them. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Stu. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's gonna go eight four this year. Half those kids are gonna transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.